Hello and welcome to the Uncapped Podcast, proudly presented by Roast House Pub, where elevated culinary creations meet a fresh, evolving craft beer selection, making it one of Frederick's unique dining destinations. Hi everyone, I'm your host Chris Sands, and today I'm with Mitch Trellis, CEO and co-founder of Remedy Maryland. Thanks for having me out, Mitch. Thanks, Chris. I appreciate you coming out. So did Dana tell you why I reached out to Remedy? She did not. So I'm an avid listener of Elliot in the Morning, and I was uh, I was listening when you called in when they were talking about the... Actually, so first let's rewind real quick. It, you call this a cannabis superstore, right? It or is. is it? Yeah. It is, so yes. Elliot was reading the story about the new Columbia Cannabis Superstore, and you called in. What happened was my friend called me and said, they're talking about you on the radio. And I said, they're definitely saying terrible things about me. <laughs> and he said, no, no, they're saying you're the future of cannabis retail. And I said, stop it. <laughs> so I looked up the, the number and I called into the studio and she said, really? I said, yeah. She said, hold on one second. Next thing I know, I'm on the, on the radio. Now. <laughs> it's and it, the, his reaction to when you called in was awesome, too. He's so a nice guy, by the way. You were it was maybe a minute or so into you talking to him, I sent a mess, a text to Tyler, to Tyler, the, uh, the producer of the show, the other, the other guy that's on Ellie in the morning. I was like, I'm definitely asking this guy to be on Uncast. I love it. And then it was like, maybe 10 minutes after that, I sent a message to your Instagram we page. Appreciate it was it. like, Thank you so I need much. to get Mitch on. I think he will be an amazing guest. So don't disappoint. No question. I will not disappoint. <laughs> so, one thing that is definitely glaringly different is this location, like your business in general, because I've never seen a dispensary that's even remotely like this. And Superstore is... Do you want to, des- you want to describe where we're sitting? Well, right now we're sitting in, what would you say, like the speakeasy I, this, <laughs> this analogy? Is the, this is the VIP room. Okay. And it's a secret room off of the main sales floor. That's considered a part of the sales floor. It has its own entrance. And basically, we're, we're trying to create a new and different retail cannabis experience, right? Something a little more high-end, a little more premium. Everybody in this business says they're premium, but then they just try to sell you, you know. Marked up expensive. Exactly right. Basically, the same weed. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, what can we do to create different and unique experiences? And it, it is an awesome lounge, Thank like a, a luxury lounge-esque type area. And we program it. You know, we have we have like get togethers and we have Monday night football and we have, you know, NBA night, we have poker night and I'm trying to do more feminine type things. And, but I, I tend to, you know, end up in sports over and over again, but <laughs> right. Like, but we're going to program it. And it's, listen, just like everything else, right. This is retail. 20% of people are going to consume 85% of our products. Right. So if I didn't tell you that I'm focused on those 20% of people, I'd be lying. Right. And this room on some level is created for that 20% of the people. Uh, keep them happy, uh-huh. keep them coming back and not wanting to wander off to a, a different uh, dispensary. Uh, by, by giving them something that they don't get anywhere else. Right. By giving them an experience and, and, and opportunities and things. You know, this, this room has its own menu. Right. And oh, so you can get stuff back here that you this, can't get out. And- yes. And you, you could always get it out there. But what we do is when really good products come through, we take some and we set them aside. Oh, okay. And and then they're on the VIP menu. So when they get run through by everybody, they'll stay on the VIP menu for for until they're gone from there. So basically it's not even that 
I'm keeping access to products from other people. I'm just holding on to those products. So if somebody comes, you know, somebody who buys a lot of cannabis comes in a couple months and says, man, I, I love that Air Force One from two months ago. I wish I could see that again. I say, oh, of course I have some of that in the safe. <laughs> right? It's, 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 it's kind of like, the, like the, the liquor room. I didn't really realize that they, whiskey is such a big thing now. Oh, it's, it's become ridiculously it's like wine. huge. Yeah. It's like wine. And one of my friends, he has a room. It's full of whiskey. Yeah, that that's like the uh, the current flex showing photos. He flexed of- so hard. <laughs> I, I want to say his name, but I won't. But he flexed so hard. His room is amazing. So, yes, that's he flexed really hard. What I always wonder though, every time I see one of those photos that someone shows me, is like, shouldn't you be drinking it? He drinks Otherwise, it, okay, but there's well, so good, much good. in there he's never getting yeah. through all of it. You know what I mean? And it, and depending on what he has, I'm sure it's oh, tens God. of thousands, possibly more <laughs> worth. When of- he told me, I was blown away. Yeah, it's so I, that it's a similar type experience though, right? Like you're going to come in here and you're going to see things. Oh man, I heard about that, but I missed it. That's great. You could try it now. You know what so I mean? how, how do people get access to, is there like a VIP club you have to join or how we basically pick and choose who's, okay. yeah, who's going to, and, and, and again, we've ju- we're just starting, right? Yeah. But we're, we're probably going to, it's not a massive room as you, you know, as yeah. you can tell, we're probably going to pick and choose. And you know, when Rhett comes, right? It does have a separate door. There will be a separate process and it's going to be madness on the floor. And if just like anything else in retail, right? If, if you come into my store and you spend four figures or more often, right? Should you have the exact same process as a person who wants to come in at the front door and so buy a joint? It is, it is actually true to name a VIP On some experience. level, yes, yeah. right? And I don't want anyone to, you know, who's been a, pro, a, a patient of mine for a long time to think that they're being left out, right? But it's, yeah. it, it is going to be crazy here when Rhett comes, we, I mean, you know, you're, the front of the store is 10,000 square feet, right? So it's going to be one of the busier stores in the state. And I'm sure you've seen in other states what it looks like when Rhett comes, you know, there's an hour wait, two hour wait, three hour wait. We, we intend to not have that. We're going to have 25 registers. We have a lot of processes already built to really do a lot of volume here. But at the same time, right, it should not be the same process for a person who's coming in to make a $10 purchase or $15 purchase and, and a person who's coming in to make a $2,000 purchase. That's, that's just business. I think the only state I've spent a decent amount of time in where recreation was legal was Maine. And that entire state smells like cannabis. (laughs) So I think more we're talking about is more like almost a Vegas or or, or that type of experience, right? Yeah. And, and, you know, people would say, well, it's Columbia, Maryland. But the truth is Columbia, Maryland's in the the third wealthiest county in America. Yeah, it's... is probably it has to be high up on the list of any like rapidly growing it's, community. It, it's growing. It's incredibly educated. Um, you know the, the people here have high incomes. It's a great place. It's an incredible place. It's very very dense. Um, the location is smack dab in the center of the East Coast and of Maryland. You know, it's a wonderful place. It's very good people here. Really good people here. I was born and raised here. My partner was born and raised here. So you know, we actually we appreciate the opportunity to grow a business in the place that we were, we were born and, you know, we come from and it's exciting. It's, it's great. So now you have two locations, Mm -hmm. correct? And which one was first, the Columbia one or the one in Baltimore? The Columbia location was first. And you're actually sitting in the, the new Columbia store. So we were down the street for five years and we served about 30,000 unique patients over the five years. And then um, we decided maybe 18 months ago, two, two months ago to look at moving and we ended up here. And then we also have a location off of 695 on security Boulevard. Um, that one's about 9,500 square feet. It's a beautiful store. Some say it's the nicest store in the state of Maryland. Um, and that one's doing great as well. And, you know, we'd love to see anybody come check us out. 
And this opened fairly the the new location yeah. in Columbia opened fairly recently, December correct? December first, yeah. And it was uh, if I remember correctly, there were pictures. You had a line. Uh, it was, it was wrapped, crazy. <laughs> wrapped down the sidewalk we, for we, people to come in. In retrospect, we probably shouldn't have uh, been so aggressive on the first day. <laughs> but you know, it, it was um, it was a very good opportunity, and it was a really good experience. And we served over a thousand people on that day. Um, and we just had a, you know everybody was. They, they thought the place looked great. The process probably need a little improvement. And we, you know, we've tightened up the process tremendously. We have people in and out of here uh, in five minutes, seven minutes, eight minutes now. And, um, you know, we're just trying to tighten it up and, and get it ready for, you know, again, they're going to turn the switch one of these days very soon. And it's going to be unlike anything we've ever seen before, you know? Yeah, I would assume, like, no matter what you did to prepare, just the nature of how a transaction for medical sales go there's such a bottleneck that it was it was going to be overwhelming it was it definitely was and you know we we had all the people that we that worked for us were here but we the biggest bottleneck is just people if you have enough yeah. people you can solve all of this stuff right and it's just it's like costco or, or chick-fil-a or anything. remember the beginning of the pandemic chick-fil-a would just be overwhelmed because it, it wasn't is. Enough, it still is oh, it i still have is. I, I know a guy who said he has a standing rule whether he's hungry or not if he drives past a chick-fil-a in the in the drive through line is short he just stops and gets some that's hilarious <laughs> that's hilarious that's a, every time one of my kids say they want chick-fil-a i was like okay ask mom she'll go get it <laughs> so um we when the pandemic started we actually closed the store and we basically did two and a half years in the parking lot. And we one of those years, I think we did like $12 million in sales. It was literally like the Chick-fil-A of weed. And on a busy day, we would serve, you know, 500, 600 cars That's crazy. in the parking lot. Just walking through, here's your in, bag. And, out. and the thing is, our process involves, you have to check the ID, then I have to check the order, then I have to come back out and get the money, then I got to check the ID again. Then I, it was a four and five trip for every oh, single geez. person. Every, it was like, imagine I brought out your drink, then I brought out your chicken, then I brought out your fries, <laughs> then I brought out your dessert. You know what I mean? The least uh, efficient way you can possibly. Incredibly. And we were lucky. We had a parking lot that had a lot of spaces. So we would end up, you know, when it was busy, it'd be 30, 35 cars in there at once with yeah. another 15 waiting. One would pull out, the next one would pull in, one would pull out, the next. And, you know, think about they're all at different times in the process, yeah. right? So, and then the new guy comes in. If you're not paying attention to this thing, it can turn into a absolute disaster. Well, thankfully, by the nature of what you're selling, most people are probably mellow you, about that. So <laughs> you, you would think that they were, right? Oh. And yet... Oh yeah, I guess it was pre-purchase. So uh, right. but, but that being said, what the, the I call this the Chick Fil A effect, right? You'll get a lot of this. Like, man, I don't know if I'm allowed to do this. Man, fuck this place. I, <laughs> like, next time I come here, I'm gonna be like, man, screw them. And like three days later, like, I don't even like y'all. Like, but you're here for the third time this week. What are you mad at me for? Like, yeah, this is Chick Fil A, right? Like, yeah. I'm never coming to Chick Fil A again, except for tomorrow. Yeah. Until the next time I want some. Exactly right. Exactly right. <laughs> And don't get me wrong, you don't enjoy the experience, yeah. but the whatever something is happening there that you're willing to 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 overcome to to, to deal to deal yeah. with the inconvenience of it, right? And listen, somebody's offering a product that you can't get at another place, right? Because you're stand, they got chicken sandwiches at McDonald's, but nobody seems to be killing each other to get those. So okay, that that is a question I've thought of. Do is there only a certain pool of products a dispensary in Maryland currently yes. can sell? Yes. So, like, you don't have access to anything that other dispensaries would be able to get, or 
Does it, are you still able to source things that maybe other places can't? Right now, no. Right okay. right now, at the end of the day, there's only 16, 17, 18 producers in the state of Maryland. That have the license yes. to and, and they, wholesale. Yes. the. They, they believe it makes sense for them to sell their products to everybody, which I understand that. That yeah. makes a lot of sense. They, one of the re, this is one of the reasons for the store that you see out here, right? If you can't compete on exclusivity, then... Obviously, everybody competes on price, except yeah. you can't compete on price all the way to zero, right? So we've competed on price tremendously over the last 18 months. The price of an eighth that we sell in our store has gone from an average a year ago of about $55 to an average of about $26 this year. It's, oh, down, wow. it's down 60%. It's the only thing, maybe it's the only thing in America that's deflated over the yeah. last year, right? <laughs> so that's happening, right? We've competed on price. Well, now we want to compete on experience. And that's why we built these stores. Which, I mean, pretty much if you read any sort of marketing or sales book, that is, well, not only the current like current generation that's of people coming up, experience is right. the number one thing people care about. But I'd like anything I've read always points to like Starbucks. Exactly. Like pre-Starbucks, you bought a cup of coffee at a gas station and it for 50 cents. 100%. And then because Starbucks gives this elevated experience, now we're paying six, seven dollars for a cup of coffee. Or think about Total Wine, right? Yeah. People, people drive past 10, 12, 15 corner liquor stores to get to a Total Wine. They all sell the same things, right? They're yeah. selling the same beer and the same wine. And yes, Total Wine's inventory and selection may be more robust and their pricing may be better, but the experience, that's what you're really driving for. In some you know aspects, they I mean? may not have even what you want because the. Like some smaller ones might have a better relationship 100%. for like super limited things, but Total Wine still pulls you in because and of it's the just right like Toys R Us used to be, or all of these places. You, our goal was to be a destination that people drive past. Someone selling a similar product, and they drive right past it and say, "I'm not gonna. Why would I go there? I'm heading yeah. to Remedy. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, have you seen like Remedy got video games? Why would I go there? Why would I go anywhere else? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, so. we have the, like it is. Everyone just needs to go to their social media if you can't just come here to look because it's it is not like any dispensary I've ever seen before. It is and it's funny, right? Because we because it's medical, we still have to be um medical for lack of a yeah. better word, right? <laughs> like so, you know, it's built these they're not just built to be experiential, they're built to be programmed. Right. So like one of the things that we will ultimately be doing is you'll come in here on a Friday and it might be like a comedian in the middle of the floor, like doing a, a spontaneous comedy show. Because one of the things we want is for people to leave and and be like, man, I was at the dispensary and I heard a comedian like what? <laughs> Who does that? Or, you know. The door to the room that you're in, it's usually covered at the door. It broke, but it basically is a secret door. It blends okay. into the wall, right? And people are like, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, I love secret doors. But the truth is this, right? It's one I, of my biggest dreams in life I love is to have doors. a house with a secret door. I love secret doors. They may be, they may be great. Anyway, <laughs> so what I really want is when, you know, there are a lot of, this is a, a celebrity type of area, surprisingly. People don't realize it, but like we have Meriwether Post around the corner and we have DC around the corner and we have Baltimore around the corner. And we have, you know, we have a lot of people who are affiliated with us or that we know or so on and so forth that aren't, aren't not famous, right? So when those people are here, they'll be in this room. But at the same time, they may walk into the floor, right? And when that happens, the door to the wall opens up and out walks an NBA <laughs> player, right? Yeah. And, and a person is in the dispensary and they're like, wait a second, 
did the wall of my did the wall of my dispensary <laughs> just open up and someone walked out? Like what what's that? Right? Like we want things to happen in this dispensary that you've never seen before. Right. And then you leave and you're like, yeah, I don't know what happens in y'all's dispensary, but you should go to my dispensary. You know what I mean? Uncapped is brought to you by one of Frederick's original Maryland craft beer destinations located off of Urbana Pike, featuring a warm, inviting atmosphere and knowledgeable staff serving up fresh, locally sourced culinary creations and unique craft beers on tap. Open seven days a week, our friends at Roast House Pub invite you to enjoy a casual lunch, happy hour specials, delicious dinners, and specialty desserts. Follow them on social media to keep up to date on their monthly beer dinners, mom's spaghetti dinner battles, and what beer is being featured for Buck Above Monday. Idiom Brewing Company proudly offers a delicious variety of beers to satisfy the most discerning tastes. Best known for their wide array of IPAs, delicious fruited sours, and robust porters and stouts, Idiom has a simple goal in mind, to bring people from all walks of life together, to enjoy themselves and each other. Whether you're a hophead looking for explosively juicy IPAs or one of the adventurous few looking to try boozy, sour, or complex flavors, or just looking to enjoy classic styles and seasonal favorites, they'll have a little something for you. Idiom Brewing Company is located in downtown Frederick, just south of the intersection of East Street and East Patrick Street, with ample seating directly on Carroll Creek. I, w- I was at a, a brewery up in Pittsburgh, and the owner was they just showing me around and like took me up into the office area. He's like, hey, come, on, come here. You got to check out what's in my office. He's like, I don't know what the hell the guy that was using this building before was into or what he was doing. But it was like the cliche. You pulled something and a bookshelf opened up and it was like an escape route outside of out of the building. I, I like, want this building. Yeah. I was like, this is the most amazing thing. He's like, yeah, I know. I love it. I love it. Totally. <laughs> but yeah, it was just a staircase straight down to go outside of the building. What's the liquor brand that's, you know, in a, um, in a metal can. It's a whiskey brand. Oh, I don't know. Real popular. That. Uh, they're in the oil cans. I'll have to look that up. I don't so know. I went to see the guy for some reason in California a couple years ago and he did exactly that. He's like, I'm in the CEO's office and he's like, watch this. And he like pushed the button and the desk behind, like behind the CEO's desk opened up to like a fully branded speakeasy. That's awesome. And it was all his, his product. And I was like, this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my entire <laughs> Stillhouse. Stillhouse. You ever oh, heard I'm of Stillhouse? Fam- no, I'm not familiar with oh, that. Oh, Stillhouse is a cool like whiskey brand that's all in these oil cans. I'll have to look that up. Really cool. So yeah, it's Stillhouse. And they sold I think they sold the Bacardi for tens of millions of dollars. That like that's a new thing. Yeah, the the new gold rush exactly. is starting a, a whiskey brand. Oh, this was G or even just some sort of uh, like a spirits exactly. brand. This was G-Eazy's. G-Eazy uh, the rapper. Stillhouse liquor. Uh, yep. So many yeah, so many celebrities have become ridiculously rich by more power to s- slapping their name on something, so, gaining popularity, and then one of the big guys buying noxious tequila. Yeah. No yeah. question. <laughs> <laughs> so let, let's actually let's rewind um a little bit to get the beginning stories um i spent some time creeping you on linkedin uh so it looks like you're basically just a serial entrepreneur and like it didn't look like you've ever worked for anyone (laughs) i've worked for a few billionaires there's no question that it it, it looked like mostly it's like it's starting a business and and then on to the next thing yeah (laughs) so um i born like i said born and raised in columbia um i left to go to the university of delaware in 1992 and in 1993, I started a company in Delaware at school that was throwing parties. 
So I ended up throwing massive parties at the University of Delaware. If you were there between like 1994 to 1999, you went to the party at the Big Kahuna, and that was my party. So nice. I, I stayed at college for 10 years. And it was 2002 before I finally looked up. I was like, I should probably go somewhere. So, um, Yeah, man, I guess if it's profitable, I, why I leave? Was, I was doing great. You know, <laughs> I had no concerns. So, uh, you know, we kind of dicked around a little bit, and we ended up in New York City. Um, and I was always, you know, headed to Wall Street. It was just a matter of when. I ended up on the New York Commodities Exchange. That went public. I did pretty well in that scenario. And then I, oh yeah, I did look back far enough. That did seem like that. Is that the only place you've worked? But even for that, us? I was just I was just creeping around. How do yeah. I get my own seats? And you know, what I mean? like, just, <laughs> let, let me figure out how to get out of this. You yeah. know what I mean? But that was that was a lot of fun. It was an interesting place. Um, so from there, I ended up working for hedge funds upstairs, and then from hedge funds, I started some solar businesses. But I was always I always um, since the age of twenty was medicating with cannabis. Okay. Right. So that's 1994. And I, I look back and I laugh because, you know, our weed is everywhere now. Like, and nobody cares. Yeah. I, I went through the TSA the other day at the airport and literally the lady, she was like, she had three laptops. I was like, wow, three laptops is a lot. She's like, yeah, this is my work, my work stuff. And I was like, my work shit's in the bag. And she's like, oh yeah, what are you doing? I'm like, I sell weed. My weed's in the bag. And she's like, stop it. <laughs> and I was like, yes, this is crazy. Right. So, you know, we've, we've gone from this place like it used to be like, oh, you smoke weed? It happened really it happened quickly, really too. It really fast, didn't it? You yeah. used to sneak around and smoke weed. Yeah. And now nobody cares yeah. if you smoke weed. Well, like I said, the entire state of Maine. It's unbelievable. <laughs> the entire city of New York. Yeah. You know and what I mean? Well, the whole Baltimore, thing. Actually, Baltimore, too. It's oh, not. It, it's unbelievable. It really is and, incredible. And it's still like, you may walk down and be like, wow, it like just notice it. But then you're like, okay. And then just keep. Keep <laughs> right on. At some point, you get used to it. Yeah. <laughs> so, um you know, while I was starting all these businesses, while I was doing all this, I was watching California and then Colorado and these states start to legalize. And I had all, you know, I had, I had, again, I love weed. I had always for vacation gone to Amsterdam with my friends and we would be in Amsterdam and, and I'd say, I'm going to own one of these. And my friends say, man, you, you shut up, dude. Like you're <laughs> so high all the time. Right. So, you know, we, I, I've been planning on doing this for a long time. So 2014 comes around and the state of Maryland, um, basically makes a law, a medical marijuana law that at the time is the most progressive law in the state. Specifically, if you go all the way back, chronic pain was the indicator that allowed, basically meant a medical program was going to be robust or not. So like Illinois and New Jersey and New York did not have chronic pain. So they had 6,000 patients from, from day one. And then they had 9,000 patients, right? It's only when they add chronic pain to those, those programs blow up. Maryland. What, what were what was it used for there? Like what? Did you just have a, a real a, narrow yes, diagnosis? Yes. You basically like, had to be. You know, I hate to say, but you were you had to be literally dying. Okay, for, so it was like almost like stage four cancer exactly, treatment was the exactly. only wait, uh, w wasting. You know what I mean? Like you you yeah. couldn't eat. Like awful. You know what I mean? Which look, we can be transparent and and be obvious and tell the truth which is that 90 percent of people who use cannabis as medicine are using it for chronic pain or some sort of internal for lack of a better word mental health yeah. right anxiety depression I mean, and all, all my friends that have medical cards uh, so a couple of them most of them don't pain. have cancer right yeah most of some of them are pain management but 100%. the vast majority it's like anxiety sleep. being able to yeah yes. sleep is a big yes. one no question I've been medicating for, AD, for ADD since I was 20 years old. And, you know, I didn't know at the time. But what I did know was that this pill that the doctor gave me, which was Ritalin, 
it made me feel like like literal drugs, like speed. But when yeah. I when I smoke some weed, like I could sit down and do my work, right? And you know, I'm sure anyone who's listening who has ADD knows that we 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 figure out what it is that works. And at the time, that was what worked, right? So, 2014, Maryland creates this law, and it's the most progressive law in the country. So I say to myself, you know, I, I'm going to participate. I was always looking. I was looking for the last couple of years for an opportunity to participate. I said, Maryland, my hometown, you know, I'm going to participate. I reached out to my business partner and I said to him, you know, he, he was, um, so quickly on him, his, his parents in 1974 were the first people in America to teach acupuncture in Columbia, Maryland. Right. And I didn't know that was uh, where it started. So it was either the only places that were acupuncture was legal were Nevada or Maryland. And, um, it wasn't even that it was illegal. It was that it wasn't illegal. Oh, so there's straight up laws preventing. Yes. And, wow. Because they back then it was you're sticking needles in people, and you know th- yeah, there was, there was a level so. of ignorance about it, right? So his parents started teaching acupuncture, and they ended up um, they started a, a school called Thai Sophia, and they ended up training. I'm sure my numbers are up, but it feels like half of the acupuncturists in America are trained by by them. Okay. Right, and they were they're incredible people. They have the best karma, and and so they touched all these people's lives, and. They, they really, they kind of became like alternative medicine royalty. And this was, you know, alternative medicine, like the real thing. Be, yeah. Right? So we've yeah, I mean, always. My, my wife swears by acupuncture. It's she, amazing. She has Lyme. So, so she, when it her, flares up real bad, she goes. And, and her insurance pays for it, yeah. right? Yep. So the insurance pays for it because of my business partner's father. He was the person All that. the advocated. Yes, the he advocated. Lobbying exactly. And, so awesome. over the course of decades, he lobbied to, to get acupuncture to that level of mainstream in America. Right. So it's 2014. We decided we're, I reached out to my business, my, my partner. And, he, you know, after some persuading, because he was um, so in the 90s, they took acupuncture to West Baltimore. Where, for listeners who aren't familiar, West Baltimore is a very tough part of town, um, has been really hurt by drugs and poverty and lack of jobs and lack of hope and so on and so forth. And they went to West Baltimore and they started a treatment program that um, doesn't use any alternative opioids. It's just treating opioid um, opioid addicts with acupuncture, tai chi, and behavior therapy, behavior, basically behavioral therapy. So they've treated thousands of, acu- of, of opioid addicts in West Baltimore for years and years and years. And in 2014, the opioid addiction space saw cannabis as a gateway drug. Oh, okay. So my partner took a, a moment to be convinced. He, his favorite joke is, I called and said, "Hey, yo, we're getting into weed," and he said, "It's a gateway drug." Click and hung up on me. And for I mean, like two weeks, he was like, "It's a gateway drug." Click. So he would hang up on me every day, you know. So he's he's not here to tell that joke. Yeah. That's his favorite joke. But um, so I finally convinced him that, and he he actually read some statistics, some statistics, and the statistic that got him the most was in medical marijuana states at this time. This was 2014. The average was 25 less. 25% less opioid addiction deaths well, I mean, annually. I think, I think at this point it, it's been proven that the gateway to opioid addiction is going to a doctor that was overprescribing 100%. pain medication, not, um, not cannabis. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So, you know, once he got on board, his father came on board very quickly. They, his father uh, saw the opportunity. And, and more importantly, I think he saw the similarities between where he had been and come from and where we were. Yeah. Um, so if you look at our original shirts, they say since 1974, because, you know, we felt we've been doing this since 1974. And, you know, he and I were both born in 1974 in Columbia, Maryland. Okay. So, you know, this, this, 
Remedy has a very deep history in 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 this location. Was he a childhood sitting. friend, he, or is he, he? He and I went to high school together. Okay, yeah, we've we've been friends for 30, 35 years. So, um, we put the team together. We go through a very long. I was. I think you were probably just about this. Talk about it. If I remember correctly, it was not easy it was to get one difficult. of those licenses when Maryland first uh, it, legalized. It took medical. us a year and a half. It took us about a million dollars. Um, we stopped and started, stopped and started uh, over and over again. And then you know they handed out grow process, grow licenses, processing licenses, and dispensary licenses. They handed out the grow and the processor first, and we didn't win those. Um, and my partner's father, who was the president of our company, he was kind of the spiritual head of our company. Right around this time, he got sick. And um, he got really sick. And we did not win the grow license. We didn't win the press license. And it was pretty depressing. And then, unfortunately, he passed away. And it was really, it, it hurt. Uh, and, you know, my partner, he was really, it, it was a mess. And then a couple weeks later, we won the dispenser license. And we're looking at it, and we're trying to understand it, and we're doing running models. And we start to say, you know, maybe we're going to do this. And then we're talking about a name. And my partner's father's name was Robert Maurice Duggan, Bob Duggan. But he always signed his papers RMD. So my partner's wife says, what about RMD? What about Remedy? And my partner says, ah, I said, no, 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 hold on a sec. We're done. The conversation is over. Right, so this this store is named after his my, my partner's father. That is so much cooler of I know. Uh, uh, the name story than what I assumed. I assumed it was just some sort of tie into being that. the as way cooler of a story. Yes, and we don't we don't always That's tell awesome. this story, but yeah, this you know, and he's always looked down on us like he's always been here with us. So, you know, that's the, this this you see all these places called Leaf this and Canna that and yeah. all these things, right? And it's just a name. Like this name actually means something to us. It actually has a, you know, you mentioned the, the applications. If you remember, many people who, who, who applied for dispensaries applied in every legislative district. And what they did was they took the same application and put it in over and over again, saying, we don't care where we are. We just, just want to Just hoping they get approved somewhere. We only applied in one legislative district. Okay. The one that we were born and raised in. Yeah. Right? And sure enough, we won that one. So this, this means something to us. You know what I mean? McClintock Distilling is Maryland's first and only certified organic distillery, handcrafting gins, whiskeys, vodkas, and cordials from non-GMO organic ingredients in downtown Frederick. Named the best vodka distillery in the country by USA Today, best gin in the world at the International Spirits Competition, and double gold at the World Spirits Competition for bourbon, rye, and gin. Open now for tours, tastings, and classes. Come sample the most awarded distillery in Frederick today. It, it kind of seems like Remedy is like going back to like what I know the most, a beer that Remedy is kind of like the craft dispensary, 100%. whereas like every other one I've ever seen is the, the corporate Budweiser, yeah. but like no, cores and, and of the... You know, look, like we talked about, people were smoking weed before it was legal, right? People were doing... There's a culture and a community that's very deep about cannabis. And if you think about it, we're all... The ones who have been at it for a while come from a time when we had to look over our shoulders while we were smoking, right? Yeah. And you knew who smoked. You could tell by the way they carried themselves and you know, you and then you would say, hey, you share it, you know, and you would share it. Right. We've always had it. The, the 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 culture is about sharing. If I don't have some, you may have some and we'll share it. And the next time you won't have any, right? Yeah. 
the corporations to a certain degree don't understand that because why would they? It's just money. It's, it, and 15 years ago, this was like the devil's lettuce. You know what I mean? So it's, it, it's like, why would they? They don't come from this. Wait, it's amazing like at a macro level how quickly uh, businesses or sectors that were lobbying against any kind of legalization suddenly are lobbying for and own large stakes. So, so you think everything. that, right? You think that the person who's been smoking weed for 20 years doesn't notice that, right? So yeah. when you say... When you say this is what this is the craft cannabis, this is the craft dispensary, right? This is the authentic dispensary, and and what craft I believe that the success of craft tended to be because it was about it came from the people who were passionate about it and yeah. and were and, authentic. Yeah, and it, it's very much a a community, a culture oh, type exactly. of thing, uh, and and that was. In my mind, like something that always kind of there was that disconnect of it being medical, where like you, it had to be more sterile. We had, although to, it's not it's sterile not, here. It's not. We, we definitely we, we've always you tried found it. a way to follow the rules, but still not be like walking into a CVS. And I think right, we build a dispensary that I would want. And my partner will say that I would want, right? Because he's not a big cannabis person. Yeah. He doesn't find it to be nearly, do, doesn't do as much for him as it does for me, right? So one of the things that he's done to his credit is he's he's followed my lead about this because this is kind of a dispensary that as a cannabis lover, it's kind of what I would want as a, as a patient, as a customer, yeah. right? And I'm sure there are some things, you know, we tell ourselves as as good business people and as good marketers, we tell ourselves not to niche ourselves and, and market just to ourselves. That could be a terrible, a terrible risk, right? But I smoke a lot and I care about it. You know what I mean? And I care about this. And before it was legal, before I owned dispensaries, I bought a lot of weed. Yeah. Right. So I like I, I think as a person who buys a lot of weed, right? So it's only twenty it's only two out of ten of us are buying a lot of weed. The other ten the other eight of us are buying one pen at a time. Yeah. Right. And smoking that one pen for a month versus the average of the 20% comes in here two to three times a week. You know what I mean? They smoke 1.6 grams a day. What What is the um, most popular uh, segment of product? Flower by far. Is Flour it? Okay. By far, yeah. And you know what's interesting is um, recently edibles have become very, very big. And you know what? That's, I think that that's starting to be the wreck effect. That That's... Um Edibles is what I would have thought would be the most popular. Well, it's just the easiest flower. So the 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 twenty percent loves flower. Okay, right. So like for example, I basically only use flower. Yeah, and I can do all the other things. I can do concentrates. I can eat edibles. But you know, my tolerance. It's interesting. People eat edibles and they say the ten milligrams. It, it really got me. And I can eat these like forties and eighties. Like they're candy and they do nothing <laughs> to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like. It's not great, right? I'm not proud to have a, a, but when you medicate with something a lot, you tend to have a higher tolerance. So one thing that people like myself are always searching for, we're searching for whatever it is that gives us the effect that we're looking for, right? So like a lot of times the effect I'm looking for is, is focus. And I don't want something that makes me sleepy, Yeah. right? I don't want something that makes me euphoric. I want to focus. So this is why people come here a lot. That, this is why 20% is constantly here. We're constantly looking for the next product that gives us the desired effect. And I, I would assume that legalization and all the money that has been dumped into cannabis research has made it so much easier to be able to buy a product that's tailored 
completely to what your goal is. You would think, right? But the money that's been dumped in the cannabis research has not been really dumped in at the high federal level. So they're really, they haven't found that much except oh, okay. just they've just understood more what we always knew anyway, which was that the terpene and the cannabinoid profile and the way that those things mix together create the effects, right? But so, not not being able to really tailor the... We, we, okay. we haven't been able... At the end of the day, it's still just a plant. Yeah. So I take this one and I smoke it and I get what I want and I take the same one a week later and it changed a little bit. You know what I mean? And now I don't get quite what I want. A month later, I get it's completely different. Okay. So this is something that also, you know, you buy Blue Dream and I love it. If I come back the next week, unless it's the exact same batch, I'm not guaranteed to get the exact same effect. So it's still an agricultural exactly product. Right. That, okay. Exactly. And one, you know, you, we talk about the corporations. The corporations want so desperately to turn this into a pharmaceutical where it's the same over and over and over again. That's not what this is. Is it is it possible to get to that with edibles or more processed forms? Way more. Okay. Way more. Because the 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 high in edibles, it tends to be less effect and more like, damn, I'm high. You know what I mean? Okay. Versus like there were you're gonna laugh, but there's a weed, I call it the sweep up, the cleaning weed. And and you'll you'll smoke this weed and it will make you clean your house. <laughs> And so like I've like tested it on people. Focused energy. It's like kind a focus. And you're like, I just really want to get that dust in the corner. It's un, it's incredible. Right. So like there are such finely focused effects and I'm sure. Okay. I'm sure I'm speaking as the top 20% because most people, they smoke the weed and most people just get high. Yeah. Especially the better weed that we have in our dispensaries, right? Like it's all very strong, very, if, if you're not a, if you're not, if you don't have an ultra high tolerance level, you're not getting these specific effects. You're just like, damn, I'm high as shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> but even then, right, 20 minutes, 30 minutes later, it's funny. That person will go here and then they'll fall down to here and then they do get into the effect, right? The effect does come with the terpenes. Okay. It really does. It really does. So you need the the cannabinoid hit to it, wear off first exactly. and then the terpenes. And I suspect are- what happens with someone like myself is I just don't get that. I don't get that massive like, damn, I'm high. You know okay. what I mean? But I get the, I get the effect. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. It, 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 the maybe it bod, uh, the human body doesn't build as much of a tar, it's a, a tolerance to the it's called our, it's called our endocannabinoidal system. Okay, right. So mine is so incredibly tolerant of this stuff versus like a person who doesn't smoke that much. Theirs has hasn't had that much in it. Yeah, right. They get the the first and you know, first cannabinoids and, and terpenes into that, and they say, oh, you know, it's full for lack of a better word. Yeah, right. So it, it makes it all make sense. So. Are we far enough from when it was uh, recreation was passed in Maryland that there's a good idea of what framework is going to be in place or do we still have to wait longer to? We have a couple more weeks. Um, They're discussing it now. You're familiar with the situation in New York City? No. New York City legalized and then waited years before they made rules oh yeah yeah, yeah. So so it, t- it took like two years before there was retail years, right in that two years every single person in the, new, in the city of new york decided they were going to sell illegal weed <laughs> so when you go to new york city now there's illegal weed everywhere in every bodega it's on corners it's in um, Tompkins square park it is everywhere so the city of like the state of maryland doesn't want this yeah i i assume that there's no way 
come January 1st that retail recreational sales would work. But from people I've talked to that are well plugged into Annapolis, I was like, no, there will be July 1st. plenty of dispensaries we, on July 1st that will be could, able to. We can take this. We could, we could do this tomorrow. We have enough. So it's interesting. Maryland has, this was another thing that I noticed immediately about the program in 2014, that most states limit how much a grow is allowed to grow specifically by square footage or by canopy size. Maryland has no limit. Okay. So we have some of the largest grows in the country are in this state. Right, we have huge, huge ones in Frederick. It's huge. Frederick <laughs> out there in Hagerstown and Frederick. Some of those yeah. are, and most of those that you see have hundreds of thousands of unbuilt square feet. Okay. Just waiting, waiting to expand. Just the- waiting. So, we have enough capacity in the state of Maryland to turn this thing on. We have the regulation to turn this thing on. We have the wherewithal to turn this thing on, right? Our new governor is brilliant. And he's, you know, he sees this as what it is. This is low-hanging fruit. This is business. Yeah. We built a business. We built an industry in the state. Turn the damn thing on. And they're going to. There, there's many reasons, but thankfully he won. Yeah, no uh, question. <laughs> it's our guy. We love us. Uh, um, so the, there, it, it's pro- there's probably not going to be any significant friction for a dispensary that's already licensed to sell medical to be able to sell recreation. I don't believe so. No, that's good. Cause it, it wouldn't make sense. One, that's just one of those things where you can think like if there's something a politician can screw up, that's <laughs> we, we, they spent time, energy and a billion dollars building an industry. Why would you turn around and try to rebuild that? And that's industry? true too. Like it has been, it has been a very deliberate, slow stepping stones to get to recreation. No doubt. And I mean, it was, when did it all start? It was five years ago. When, when it, whenever December it was 2017, that's, first, it, that so was the, when it was decriminalized or 2014 with decriminalization, okay. 2017 were the first medical sales and it's been five years. Yeah. And, and I think that's pretty much what everyone was always saying was like, give it five years and recreational will be legal in Maryland. And here we are. And I think it was really just, probably that to get rid of that outrage like like yeah i remember even when like when medical was passing like people were pissed off about it like oh we're gonna do like everyone's gonna be high and nothing will get done anymore everything's fine yeah and then the next day like the world of maryland was the same you you know what the outrage will be in this scenario i've heard this from many many people many people have said to me what do you mean we voted we voted for that stuff to start july 1st you know what I mean? Like that's all having to wait too. Yeah. yeah what do you mean? The stores yeah, a are lot of, be, the, open the store. That's what we voted for. I that's have it, you talked know I mean? to people that thought Say because it thing. passed that thought because it passed right. that day, like all of a sudden it was completely, well, I can't frigid. go to the store to buy weed. What are you yeah. serious? <laughs> nobody voted. You know what I really want is this thing to start in 2027. Like nobody <laughs> voted for that. You know what I mean? Yeah. But that, that's good to hear that. It, the, the sense is that there aren't going to be, significant hurdles or friction put into place. I, I say this over and over again. We want to be Arizona. Arizona has had the most successful medical to, to recreational transition. We don't want to be New York. So did they just quickly go to allowing they, the sale of... They, they said if you were a licensed medical dispensary within 30 days of the election, you could become a licensed recreational dispensary. I mean, that's the only thing that makes sense. Like you you already know how to work within a stringent... Stringent. <laughs> stringent exactly. framework. Exactly. The medical, now, the medical is always more stringent than the rec, right? So you... you why wouldn't you have the people who are successful in medical just lead the, and I'm not saying that there shouldn't be more licenses. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to have more licenses, but at the end of the day, if the people voted to get this thing on and going, then, you know, I think that they all voted 
for that to be with the people that exist. I don't think that they thought someone was going to create a new industry out of out of scratch. Yeah. Do you think it will have to be kept separate at all or anything, or will that's part of the conversation right okay. now? Will, will there be different products available for medical versus rec? Probably they're they're probably stronger products. The Medicals yeah. will be strong. Yeah, like, because okay. that's a that you assume that the medical patient has a higher tolerance. Gotcha. Right? Because they've been they've been, been doing taking it exactly longer. Right, and, exactly okay. Right. And yeah, there'll be you know there's a couple RSO is a Rick Simpson oil. It's a very very um, potent, very uh, concentrated form. But you know that's the one that uh, I get in trouble for saying this, but that's the one that people online like they say that cures cancer, right? So it's like if that's true, which I'm not going to sit here and say if it is or not. Yeah. If it's true, if you have cancer, don't you want to try? <laughs> I would. I don't know about anybody else, but I would. I, 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 I mean, I know people who have had well any kind of terminal disease. At a point, you're willing to try anything, anything that anything. is has a whisper of that it works. 100%. When when recreation kicks in, does that widen where you can go for products and supply, no. or it'll still it has to be a Maryland yes. approved? They, okay. they should. The the conversation is about adding more licenses which would mean there are more growers, more processors, more dispensaries. So there will be more people in the state of Maryland to purchase products from. Okay. Right? So theoretically, there would mean there's more brands, more more products. So like so the so bigger... Forth. So right now, is only Maryland-produced stuff allowed to be sold only. in, in only. Maryland? Yep. Is, is there talk that'll be allowing out-of-state stuff, or do you think they'll that's stick to... That's a federal to, conversation. Okay. I, I personally, my personal opinion on that is, that's called interstate commerce. Oh, so that's why it's limited yes. because of you. You so when you hear this, you have to you have to you have to stay outside of Fed jurisdiction. Exactly. So when you cross state lines, that's illegal federally, right? And this isn't legal federally. Yeah. So the conversation over and over again you hear is that when this becomes federally legal, then they'll allow interstate commerce and they'll allow you to cart weed from Oregon, where Eastern Oregon is the night is the best place, best climate in the world to grow cannabis. Okay. They'll allow you to, and you can grow it there super cheap. It's in the ground. They'll allow you to cart super cheap, great weed from cat, from Oregon to New York city, Oregon to Baltimore. Yeah, I know. Cause any place I've gone that has, uh, it's recreations legal. I always end up getting Instagram ads from, tell, that, place. from that state mm-hmm. telling me that you cannot take, uh, weed or cannabis in and out of, out of that state. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> so, um, they say, you know, as soon as federal legalization comes, interstate commerce will become a thing. And I say this. There are a lot of very powerful, very local people in the state of Maryland. Yeah, they're going to want of, it. New York and the state of Pennsylvania and the state of New Jersey and the state of Maine and the state of Massachusetts and so on and so forth who have spent time, energy, and money building up a very robust energy industry in all of those states. And I just don't see the day that the Fed say this is legal, those states saying, well, you know what we should do? We should like card a whole bunch. Exactly right. Yeah. I just do not. Because think about it, right? Think about the end of Prohibition. And the end of Prohibition came, and then every distributor had liquor factories in their state. And the distributor yeah. controlled the state for years. Think about that that factory in Baltimore that's now the Guinness, right? That was the Guinness for, for Maryland. Yeah, that was uh, Seagram's. Exactly was, right. Yeah. Up until what, 19, 1999? Yeah, it wasn't too long That's ago. my point, right? It was 67 years after the end of Prohibition before they finally broke that. So I don't see, I don't see federal legalization occurring and then tomorrow... Everyone says, it's interstate commerce. We should cart all the weed all across the country. I just don't see that. Really so what you're saying is I'm probably not going to be able to buy Kevin Smith's 
no. caviar gold pre-rolls. But what we will do <laughs> is, right, we'll, we'll license Kevin Smith's caviar pre-rolls and we'll we'll grow them. Oh, okay. And, and then we'll just make use them in Maryland. Maryland. Exactly, okay. right. And we'll, and we'll meet Kevin Smith's quality control. So that's, that's one of the things we're working on is we're working on bringing brands from other states to one of our grow partners and, and producing those brands to a level and quality that they expect. I mean, that's all I really want is Kevin Smith's pre-rolls. Go. We'll get that for you for sure. <laughs> no question. Uh, yeah, I, I hadn't. I I don't think I realized before now that everything sold in Maryland had to also be uh, created. Yes, yeah. It's 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 almost infuriating that they insisted on recreating the three tier system that causes so many problems. It's crazy. In alcohol. To- it's, so they. You know what? It causes so many problems. You know what we should do? Let's do it again. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, I guess if you want lobbying money from <laughs> to maximize, I, I think it's also familiarity. Yeah, that that's you know what I mean. Too. That's what they recognize, what they know, whether it's and, good or bad. That's what I they mean, know. Also, the, the cynic in me is that if you have, if you create three tiers, you have three different uh, interest groups that are lobbying for against the, each other. Yeah, <laughs> no, no question. Because I mean, I've I've followed closely in the past, like the battles between breweries and distributors and. It's just uh, yeah. We have all of those distinctions, and we also have a distinction between um, a vertically integrated business and a not vertically integrated business, right? So we end up with this this strange relationship issue, which is that I'm a retailer, and the people that produce the products that I buy and are my partners also own retail. So it's like if I oh, was. So they have yes. given licenses they to have stores. people at multiple tiers. Yes, exactly. That so may, that makes the three tier keep like blows introducing the three tier system even more asinine. It blows it up. So imagine if there was a Budweiser store, or imagine if there was a Frito Lay store, or a Coca Cola store. Yeah. Right. But here's the thing. You would think it would make you. You would think it would make the single people. It would make it more difficult for us. Yeah. We're just a single, we're just the only tiered, we're only retail. In reality, it makes you focus, right? So the people who, the, the, the vertically integrated companies tend to not be great at any of those things. They can do them all. Sure, their store yeah. looks nice. Yeah. And they can, they can grow weed and they can make products, but their store isn't the best or most experiential. Their weed isn't the best or tastiest or finest or any of those things. Their yeah. manufactured products aren't the best. They're just in the middle of everything. Because the truth is, they're trying to do too three many things in too many places. Yeah. Because remember, you can't go cross state lines. So each time you go to a different state, you got to rebuild your entire business. Oh, that that's got to make it's brutal. Yeah, that's think about that's how much money it costs. A lot. <laughs> no wonder there's so much money in uh, the equipment supply. That's, for... that's exactly <laughs> what happens. You, you think these companies want grows in every yeah. state? Fuck no. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, the, the companies have three giant the... grows. Uh, I saw, oh, I can't remember what it was. I saw there was there's only like a couple companies that make the heating and air conditioning that are tailored toward grow facilities oh, sure. and like people invested in that, that those couple They're companies you yeah, had made huge amounts of profit off. Of I had this. a friend growing up. Uh, I had a friend in college and his family made, they made, I, I, my joke was widgets. They made the widgets for HVAC stuff like that. Okay. So not only were, were they like this little niche HVAC, but then they were like, Oh, you need that third screw. Yeah. Oh, you can only get it from this one place in New Jersey. Seriously. You know what I mean? It, it's crazy. 
how many people are ridiculously rich doing that, like Crazy. that exact type of thing. Like it's unbelievable. They, they sell just like you do fasteners. What? He's like, I yeah. sell widgets for HVAC. Yeah. How many did you sell? 47 million last year. Like, yeah. good Lord, seriously? Yeah. Like, yes. I, I make specialty fasteners for manufacturing yes. companies. Yes, exactly. How much do you like, make? A billion dollars. Exactly. Well, I didn't even know that was a thing. Really? Wow, good for you. <laughs> 100%. It's always, it seems like it's always the most boring stuff that you always. can make the most money at. Always. Widgets. I'm telling yeah. you, widgets. I, yeah, I, got, I need to find a specific a specialized widget no to doubt. start selling. My friend used to get so mad. He's like, no, it's not widgets. Like, it's fucking widgets, man. Yeah. No, you're the only person that knows what it is. Yeah. Okay, you're selling doodads exactly. then if you don't want it to be a widget. Exactly right. Stop getting so offended. So, okay, so something I've been wondering too, can can people consume in the VIP room? No. Or uh, yeah, I, did, I figured that Maryland no. wasn't allowing that. that. There is a conversation and part of the new law says that they're going to study what consumption looks like, right? Because it does make sense. Oh, that's true because they, they, they don't want people necessarily get kind of getting super high and then driving they away. They don't want know, that. But, but they I mean, also, they allow people to go into, a, exactly, into a bar exactly. and drink and then... And, and you know... When it's medical, okay, you could say, well, that's not a bar, right? But it's recreational. Like, how much, yeah. how far is it from liquor? And, you know, what if you, what if you rent a house? What if you are at a hotel? What if you, you know what I mean? What if you can't yeah. smoke in your home? Like, there, there needs to be places to consume. That we're about five years from that. I think we're probably three to five years. From that. <laughs> I, agree. I agree. That that'll that'll take a lot of uh, a lot of convincing. So that Howard County, where we are, is a very liberal place and has always been um, very forward thinking. We actually, I told you the story earlier about, you know, we started in 2014 and we were, so we were, we had a, a letter from Howard County that said we were as right to grow, process, and sell marijuana in um, probably 20, mid 2015. So we, Howard County has always been very, very, very opening, open and welcoming to cannabis. I've spoke to some people in Howard County and they, they are interested in the idea of consumption and events and so on and so forth. And what does that look like? Right. I don't think that everybody's scared. I think it's more about a conversation about how do we do this in a way that all of the stakeholders are are satisfied. Right. Because there's the parent stakeholder who's, I don't want this around my kids. And at the same time, there's a whole lot of stakeholders who are on the exact opposite side. You know what I mean? So we know that there's ways to do this. Look at concerts, look at festivals, look at all these places that alcohol is totally normalized. Right. I'm sure that there's a way to to do something similar with cannabis. And some of the other states that have recreation have on sites oh yeah consumption right california is pretty california has reached the point that they have festivals that have whole cannabis um you know there's a festival called uh out outlands and it has a a section called grasslands and they have dispensaries and pop-ups and all kinds of really cool stuff there if there's one thing I've learned, though, that Maryland is often not willing to look at what other states are doing to mm-hmm. figure out what makes sense and what will work. I'm going to say it again, though. I think West is a West is going to be a fresh breath of a breath of fresh air for the state of Maryland. That's true, and they have. I feel like they've become, they've become more friendly to, um, like, at least towards alcohol. It's definitely. It, I think it, towards it business. hasn't been. It just, yeah, it just that may feels be just like in general, it's you know, I, I lived in Delaware for a long time, and then I lived in Jersey, and I lived in New York, and when I left, you know, oh Maryland, blah, blah, blah. and after living in all those places, you come back and you're like, man, it is a nice place here. People crap on Maryland all the time. I love it here. It is I'm a great willing to pay place here. Higher taxes. It's, it's for worth a premium Maryland. to live here. It really is. The quality of the people is very high. The the quality of the services that you get. Like I lived in Jersey, and these people are paying triple the property taxes for shit. For the worst schools and no parks and like 
three police officers. It's like a joke. You know what I mean? And, and they're paying like $30,000 a year of tax in their house. Like it's literally, like, it's another house payment. Yeah. I, uh, my friends, when they come visit from out of state, will always sit, like talk about how ridiculously friendly Marylanders and specifically people in Frederick. Take them to a and park. I, in my, oh, yeah, you know what I mean? They're like, what, they're like yeah. what, what is this thing? Like, there's like 11 of these. You know what I mean? Like, please, you know? You yeah, take it for granted. If, my, you, if you're not here, you, you take it for granted. My one friend was like, it's crazy in Frederick. I didn't have to touch a single door. Everyone held it for me. 100%, 100%. And like the Howard County Library is like the one of the top three ranked libraries in America. You know what I mean? Public libraries. It's like, I want this. This is easy. You yeah. know what I mean? This is easy versus like in Jersey, I paid taxes and then I paid private school. Like, what am I doing that for? That's insanity. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the thing too. Like, I, I think people take for granted in Maryland, like our school systems are all amazing. Uh, Even the lowest rated ones I tell everybody are this. better than the absolute Pick best. Pick up that low America. rated school, put it in Jersey City. People like, I'm trying to go to that school. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> no question. Uh, so is, is, uh, is remedy scratching your itch that we're going to stick with this for a while or do you have no, other businesses already planned? Working on many things. We love, we love sports. We love basketball. Uh, we love music. And you know, there's obviously as cannabis becomes normalized, there's some sort of, of intersection of music and culture and cannabis and sports. Yeah. That's interesting to us and we definitely want to we want to be at that corner we want to own probably one of the one of those corners you know there's four corners at an intersection yeah. <laughs> we're definitely going to own one of those four corners but you know that's that's what we see we see ourselves in a place like that um i mean again like you said this is we we don't we're not trying to do the same thing it's obvious yeah. well, well i mean just looking was obvious and then anyone listening to you talk and we didn't even really talk about this but like out there are these store within a store. So there's like six brands that are actually tenants of this store. Okay. And they have, you know, we're basically like landlords and they have stores within a store. So it's like a Nordstrom effect where we've created this platform and then the brands get an opportunity to build out their customer experience and then touch, for lack of a better word, they get to touch the patient directly. Okay. Yeah. So that's kind of what you see out there and you see, you know, some of the brands have taken it a little bit further than the others. And it's also, it's still in the, it's still in its iteration phases, but ultimately what we will have is, you know, you come in here and while it may be a half an hour wait, you get to spend that half an hour interacting with the brands that you enjoy or playing a video game or, you know, we have, we have all of our TVs. So we always have sports on our TVs, right? It's like if you walk in here on a Tuesday night, there's NBA on TV or college basketball on TV versus like every other dispensary that doesn't have TVs or they just have their menus on the TV. And it's yeah. like, they, they want you in and out, right? Because the average dispensary in Maryland is what, 400 square feet? 600 square feet, you know? And they have what? Like the size of your VIP room. Literally, literally, <laughs> right? So, I, like, I don't care if you leave. Stay. Yeah. You know Find what I mean? something else you want to buy. Seriously. And not only that, but watch, right? The, it's a community. So the more people that are here, the nicer the, the places were yeah. meant to be full. They were built to be full, right? So, like, we, we're building a community where we want people to to come in and say, man, I, I, where, where were you when you saw that touchdown? Pfft, I, you know, I was at my dispensary. You did what? You were where? <laughs> what are you talking about? So, Do you have people now that come and meet up here? And like, do It's just it, starting it, now, right? It's definitely starting now. But like, It seems like that, that'll be, no, I don't think it would take a long time. But when Red comes, just, yeah, that, 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 that will make it so much easy. Because, yeah. because right now, to come here, you have to have a card pretty much, right? Yeah. Or that's, even if like, I can take a visitor in. But even everyone's scared to come here because you have to have a card. I can't go in there. Yeah. Versus when rec comes, right? Like, 
Yeah, I, I definitely picture a bachelorette party starting here. You know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? Sense. As like it should. That'd be that's awesome. Yeah. You know pull, what I mean? Pull, pull up in the limo, 100%. come in and buy your supplies for the night. hundred percent. Come <laughs> hang out with. You know what I mean? And yeah. then we'll get you going. We'll get you started. Like that's a that's a unique opportunity. And listen, we know that there are people that love weed, right? We know that there are people that want to start their bachelorette party here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because there's people that are starting their bachelorette party in limo getting high. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, it is yeah, what it just is. Did, they just didn't they stop just, out of the they specific didn't come location. They here to start. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. That that, that seems like an um, untouched market to And I listen, do I think that's a big rope? But I'm just using that as yeah, an example. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, that's a good example of, of, of the normalization that we're trying to create here. But those are, those are the kind of things like you just seeds to plant. Like not build like entire campaigns around but just uh like social media seeds so we're working with um we're working with a local gym to do this kind of like what's the intersection of fitness and sports and cannabis right because many athletes use cannabis yeah i mean it's and it's great for recovery plenty of interviews with athletes saying like that's how that's what they use for pain management many would say everybody in the nba uses cannabis you know what i mean so it's incredible for pain management it's great for recovery it's awesome for recuperation right we're working with a gym to to say like we also have a community right so like how do we offer other things to our community you know what i mean and all the people in the community have a have a commonality right so how do we how do we lean into that because anything else anything else in the world right is that that they lean right into that yeah you guys are definitely uniquely positioned to take recreation to so many more places that anywhere else in Maryland is going to be able to. We're trying, definitely. That's really. And the one in Baltimore is just like this one? Just like this one. Just like this one. Yeah, the one in Baltimore is really cool. Really cool. It's actually got more video games. It's got a ping pong table. (laughs) I love that. That's your bar. That's my bar. (laughs) I told my partner, we're having video games. He's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, we're having video games. Yes, we need (laughs) skee-ball. We need skee-ball. We actually have a, in Baltimore, if you get the high score, on one of the video games, you show them that you get a free eighth. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing that gets played a lot. Constantly. People, <laughs> my, my manager told me that he's like, people, he's like, you could tell who's smart because they come and they look for the game that nobody plays and they figure out how to get a high score and they come and get my eighth. That's hilarious. <laughs> like, that is hilarious. And Good smart. for them. Yeah. Yes. Good they, for they them. He earned that eighth. Exactly yeah. right. <laughs> he earned it. More power to him. What is the most exciting thing? that you're looking forward to with Remedy over this year? I mean, we assume that Rec will start at some point this year. Um, I think that I'm just excited to offer something in Rec that we don't really, we haven't really seen a lot of in this country, which is a medical to Rec transition where someone is somewhat ready for it or has 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 something that's almost like built for it, right? I say over and over again, we built this store because in every state that's transition, they have these 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 drone videos and they go to the dispenser, they put the drone up and then they follow the line. Yeah. <laughs> and it goes on for blocks and blocks and blocks. And every time I see these videos, I say, nobody thought to move the store to a giant room where all of these people <laughs> could be in. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like for the first time ever, there's going to be a dispenser that's ready to ready to take this. Like Toys R Us is open and now all of a sudden toys are legal. You know what I mean? So it's like it's a that's kind of what that's I'm most excited to see if that works or not. You you had talked about earlier before we were recording about bud tenders. Mm-hmm. Is that um is that kind of like one of your key things you focus on here too? Is like this place is, is built on the bud tenders. So every all your bud tenders are thoroughly educated and Incredibly. 
So if I, I come in as the noob I am, not knowing what I need, they'll gonna, be able to. They're going to figure it out for you. They're going to work. They're going to talk you through it. And then you're probably going to get their name and come back and want to talk, talk to them. You know, it's, it's probably 35 to 50% of the people walk in and say, is, uh, is, is Mike here? Well, is Stephanie here? Is, okay, is, like, you know what I mean? Going back to the beer world, like having that person you trust that knows what you like in the, in the liquor store and or imagine, at the brewery. Imagine I absolutely got you drunk different this week. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Now you're yeah. really, you're really trusting your bartender in that yeah. scenario. You know what I mean? So yes, the, the people here, um, the bud tenders are the, the, the linchpins of the community that we have created. And, you know, we've always, um, we've always built our business on the bud tenders. They've, they, there's, they're the most important. They're the front line. They're essential. They're the people that touch the, touch the patients. How do people keep up to date with what's going on with remedy? Um, so you can follow us on our Instagram. It's remedy underscore Maryland. And, um, our website is uh remedy And, um, that's probably the best way. Or you can, if you are a patient, you can also go to our website and subscribe to our text messages. We have specials and deals every day. We do text messages. It's, I don't know if you know, but it's not easy to, to market and, and kind of, we have a lot of rules. Yeah, I, I actually, oh, well, thank you for reminding me. I, I did want to talk about that a little bit because I know uh, at the newspaper, like we also have to be very cognizant because I think we can also get in trouble 100%. for. And you guys have your own in. internal editorial, right? Like it's the same situation everybody else has. In the state of Maryland, the Baltimore Sun theoretically should be fine talking about something that's fully legal in the state of Maryland. But if someone's to read that in D.C., Right then, is the wrong person going to read that and say, "Oh, what are they? What is this all yeah. about?" Right. So, and you know, some of this has worn off in the last couple of years as as it's become more normal. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. Is it still so really it's, strict on how you can market and advertise? It's, it's less. It's less than it used to be, but you okay. still there's there's still so much randomness to it. Right. You 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 put a post on Instagram and it, it looks a third less offensive than the other post, and your whole Instagram account gets taken down. Or this, these people do crazy, like show, show what we, we call it weed porn. Yeah. When you get real close to the weed, yeah, and, yeah. right? The, the social medias do not like weed porn. So I, but it's very, very selective of who it hits with that though. This is my point. There, because, there are accounts that can put whatever they want. Yeah, because I've taught, like, for a while, it seemed like Instagram was on a full-on assault of breweries. 100%. Breweries were losing their accounts left and right. So this happens to breweries also? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, I didn't absolutely. know this. And, this uh, is bullshit, by the way. One of the going theories was, like, that if you include pricing yes is a if huge, you talk about deals and specials yeah, for us there yes. seems to be a couple yes. things that hit like hit you get the, too close to actually transacting yeah, you hit the algorithm yep. at a threshold where it's going to tag you watch but this then, have you heard this what's that there's people that like they get a phone number and if you have the phone number you can actually talk to someone because you know how impossible it is like to, to actually well, talk yeah, to someone on instagram a, so like the secret thing is like you can get this phone number you can call and you can talk to someone make your case versus that's like, probably got to be one of the most guarded phone numbers it's in the ridiculous, world you know what i mean but <laughs> if you can get now you can like but but, but that wasn't even that the guy's like yeah, yeah. He, and then it, i've heard this the guy's like yeah, yeah you're right He's, and you're back on that's insane <laughs> the, the the people i've known who've lost their accounts the best luck they've had is that they would post an ad 
on Facebook, their Facebook account that was tied to their Instagram, because then once once you start advertising on Facebook, you have a representative. So you have someone you can call and talk to. And then Amazing. that's that, so that was gave the, them a number. They reached out yep. for the number, and then half the time that person worked it yeah, out for them. That that's was brilliant. That was the only way they were able to get any help. That is a brilliant workaround. In yeah. uh, you want to do this on the uh, Google Advertising Podcast, also? Yeah, put that, put that in on there. <laughs> I uh, but so like <laughs> there were tons of beer accounts that were getting hit. When like they're literally just posting, not even like photos of the beer itself, just the can art. Mm-hmm. It, some of the ones that were getting tagged. And then there are, you know, like countless Instagram accounts where it's just some guy doing a bong rip every single day. (laughs) Or like a a, a topless lady in a full fat of beer. Like, that's okay. Seriously? But this beer kid is not okay. I don't understand. I don't understand what your guy's algorithm is. It it makes no sense of who they decide. So, yes, we have have those same concerns. Yeah, I bet that it's probably even worse. worse. We probably lost it 10 times. You've lost your account. Yeah, definitely. That's, that's, it's it's so much that I personally don't really think about social. My my marketing people do. Yeah, but I don't see it as a big driver. Because it's not something you. It, it's not something you could ever rely on because the rug is be gone tomorrow. Ripped. Exactly yeah. right. And then it's now everybody's looking for me. They can't find me. And then they got my, my whole thing craters. You know what I mean? Yeah. And but that is then the other problem is if you don't have any kind of social media presence, gotta be there. It's one, do they no longer exist? Or two, you have no uh, kind of legitimacy. Like, what? why don't they have social media? They, they can't be legitimate. Versus, like, one of the things that, you know, is is cool right now, like you mentioned earlier, is a, is a, a flex. A flex right now is to get rid of your social media. Oh, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's like if, if you try to do that with this, people are like, what do you mean? You're, you're out of business. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. Yeah, social media is just a... a I think uh, we're I think so. we're seeing a, the the next evolution, maybe a change. I've always said I have kids. I'm sure you have kids. Yeah, I've always said I think that the backlash to cell phones is coming. Where like you know every parent gives their kid a phone. Well, so, I think parents are like you know what I don't give my kid a phone until he's seventeen. And the next person's like you know what I should do I should not give my kid a phone when he's seventeen. You know, and all of a sudden everybody's like oh you give your kid a phone. We had to. Well, actually, the only reason we gave our daughter a phone is because. She was coming home from school mm-hmm. while we weren't there some days, so mm-hmm. we wanted her to be able to call us because she was complaining us constantly because from elementary school, there were kids that had cell phones. I made it to the eighth grade with both of my kids. I made it the to eighth grade. I was so proud of myself. Seventh. Seventh is great. You should be proud because, again, you see, I mean, like you said, you see these kids half the third grade has them. But she still constantly complains because I have that thing locked down. That's phenomenal. <laughs> she, That's fantastic. She, she has no social media. That's she can't great. do anything, That's barely fantastic. anything. Like, you, like you, you don't like it? I'll take it back. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want it? Just let me know. She has a hand-me-down iPhone 12 that can't do a damn thing. It's perfect. My son told me yesterday, he's like, Dad, there's nothing worse than the green bubble. I'm like, you keep it up, I'm going to give you an Android phone. He's like, no, Dad, yeah. please, not the green bubble. <laughs> Uh, it, I mean, it's still like I I have a um, seven year old too, and she's already like she's not asking for one, but like she'll talk about like how she has classmates that have cell phones. It's unbelievable. Like who's giving a, a seven year old? Yeah, they can't too. spell. Yeah. Like who are they texting? <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, I, well, it's just a 
like I think so many parents just use them as babysitters. Like they go where they want to go. Like here, watch this. Video. And I'm not saying right, my little kids don't have iPads. You know, they yeah. get iPads. They watch TV. I'm not saying that. But oh, yeah, they have all. That right, stuff I'm gonna try to hold off from them having on on at all times yeah. for as long as I can. You know, I mean, I just know what the hell you can find <laughs> using that little portal to everything it's in the not, world. It's not, it's and no, none of them are using it to be smarter. You know what I mean? I, none of my children are like, you know what, Dad? I have a, I have every piece of knowledge in the entire world is in my pocket. Yeah. No, no, never that. You know what I mean? No, that means he's more TikTok. Yes. Know? Jesus <laughs> Christ, man. Yeah, I, I'm rapidly becoming an old curmudgeon. I'm already there. It's, it's not fun to be here. All right. Is there, uh, is there anything that I haven't touched on that you would want everyone to know? I think that. Everyone needs to recognize that this is a pretty benign plant and some of us find tremendous relief from it and some of us don't. But if we're a society that's okay with things like alcohol and Oxycontin and fentanyl, right, then I don't think that we're a society that should be particularly concerned about cannabis. And, and, should 15-year-olds, should we encourage 15-year-olds to smoke? Of course not. Right? That, that, that is such a straw man argument it's that's often nonsense. used for... It's such nonsense, right? Yeah. I'm not saying that. But at the same time, like I think you know, in this world in 2023, we need to focus on our priorities. And if we can stop people from dying from opioids... you know, I, I, my, I'm going I'm to end with this story. Somebody close to my family passed away recently from opioid addiction. And they overdosed. And... I had to take my oldest son to the side and explain the difference between what dad goes in the garage to do sometimes and that. Because at the end of the day, I can't overdose. And if I do, I'm probably going to fall asleep. <clears throat> right? But if you well, overdose. Yeah, think, like if you, if for you to overdose, there would be a lot bigger problems. Exactly. Like, before. Right? Like <laughs> there is no. And, 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 you know, I don't want my kids doing any of this stuff. But if they're going to do something, I appreciate it. I would hope it's the thing that if they make a mistake, they're asleep, not dead. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I want all my kids and all of their friends and all these, these children to, to understand if we're, if our kid, we can't all sit here and say our kids are not going to experiment with things. I'd rather they experiment with the thing. You know what I mean? Again, it makes them hungry. Yeah. As opposed, because the world is so dangerous. I know my kids, the only thing they want the most in the world is what I'm telling them. They can't, absolutely can't That's have. That's exactly my <laughs> point. That's exactly my point. Right. So it's like, if this is what our kids are, are trying to get their hands on, it's probably better than it was 25 years ago when they were trying to get their hands on the vodka. And I'm not saying that's what I want, yeah. but you know, it's, it, it could be a lot worse. I think that's my biggest, I think that's my biggest takeaway is that if this is what we're really worried about in life, then it's getting better because again, I'm worried about opioids. I'm worried about fentanyl. You know what I mean? Those are the things that I'm worried about. I am petrified. Exactly right. Absolutely exactly right. petrified. Exactly right. For my Thankfully children. though, like there are schools in Frederick that are known for having like opioid problems. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The ones my kids go to it, like they're known as like, that's where kids smoke cannabis. That's great. <laughs> and <laughs> and not, so not we want. Yeah. It's not what I want, but I would much rather one of her friends ask her to smoke a joint with them and, and not uh, split an oxy with, or just here, do you want to? And I would hope right at this point that a lot of our kids have similar, like we grew up in the time of them bias. Right. And like, I was always terrified of cocaine and it would be around me, you know, as I got older and I was always terrified of it yeah. because I had this unique experience with Len Bias that no matter what, I wasn't, I wasn't messing with cocaine. And I, I hope that a lot of these kids today have, you know, 
yeah, it's 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 a well enough known devil that I actual one exactly that right. like the won't exactly that that peer yeah. pressure can't get them on this yeah. one. It's like, peer pressure, please, I'm not touching that thing. Yeah, I've seen how many people die from exactly. that a year. I'm not exactly. mistakes kill you in this yeah. one. Exactly right. Exactly right. Do you have some time to answer some stupid questions? Always, of course. Who would win in a battle between a ninja and a pirate? The ninja would slice him. That's absolutely wrong. The pirate would, but I accept your wrong answer. <laughs> Does pineapple belong on a pizza? Yes, without a doubt. There's got to be some ham there. You're 0-2, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> What's the best color of Starburst? Red. You're horrible at this. Pink. I mean, red. Pink is atrocious. <laughs> What? That is blasphemy. What is pink? I'm, I don't I've never, know. It's pink. <laughs> None of them. Well, that's why. That's why I ask it that way. None of them are red flavors. Cherry, red cherry. No, it's red. <laughs> that doesn't. That does not taste These like any good, cherry. I questions. I, I like them. <laughs> is Nickelback actually a good band? No. One. I gotta you win. Got, I gotta you got, get got a W. One. You've got that one. Uh, what would the title of your autobiography be? Will this guy shut up already? <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, do you wash apples before eating them? Yes, of course. Like actually wash them or well, rub them on your shirt? No. Okay. Right. <laughs> You're in the minority. <laughs> most, most people, me a lot of times, consider just rubbing it on my dirty shirt as cleaning it. That's cleaning it. What is your most prized possession? not big on things so i would say my most prized possession is my education both formal and informal that's a good one because never... I, I tell my kids all the time right my kids watch me and they say i'm gonna be like you i'm gonna do what you do and i say the things that you see me do are a culmination of years and years and years of failure and lessons and classes and and college and high school and Googling and falling on my face and talking to my father and all of, right, all of these things and these things together create the ability to speak quickly, to, to, to pivot quickly, to problem solve, to do all these things that make me, quote, successful or the things yeah. I want to do, right? But I watch them and they don't read like I did and they don't comprehend like I did and they don't try hard at, at math in school as I did, right? And Yes, there are a lot of things they're better at, but at the end of the day, like the the phones and the computers are 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 taking so much of their core competencies, right? Like the the computer reads to them now. Do you know this? They have a program like they they, they can. They just re- it just read reads it to them. them. God, it's so lazy. It's and not only that, but like I'm sure you know, like if you don't read it, you don't learn it you as well pro- as if you, you hear it. Yeah, exactly. you don't process. It the, the best way to do way. it is when you read it, then write notes. Yeah, you know, like, but they don't do that anymore. You That's know actually I mean? like, one thing I can't complain about my eldest daughter. She, we actually have to yell at her to fantastic. stop reading. More power to like, her. Like it's almost every night I have to tell her to put the damn book down at the dinner table. It's, like she it. will try to eat dinner while reading a book. I have no. I wish because you know my children they don't. They're on the video games or on the phones. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, and I know my children are the majority, right? So oh, it's absolutely. Like, and, it's, and it's a rarity. For, I say to them, go read a book. And they like look at me like I'm insane. What's that? You know what I mean? And Although, now, 
I read the first heart, like actual physical book in probably a decade just last year. <laughs> but even then, right, we were brought up at a time when we read books. Oh, yeah. Now, I mean, when I was growing up, I read So now constantly. Our, our, our comprehension of Google is so much higher than yeah. theirs, right? Like I can Google and somewhat become like a, a quick expert on things because it's I can. the only reason I'm good at my job. That's, you know what I mean? I know how to use Google. <laughs> and then, right, and then in 20 minutes, like I'm, I know enough to be dangerous. Yeah, you know what I mean. Versus like these kids, they it, it take them four hours and they would lose focus within thirty minutes, and they but they'd be playing a video game in forty five yeah. minutes. You know what I mean? It's like back the, to Fortnite. Exactly right. So <laughs> I, I really believe, and you know, look, when we're kids, we're, this school sucks, college sucks, all this shit sucks. It's there's there's a value. There's yeah. a value, no question. Is a hot dog a sandwich? No, <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Who came up with that one? Uh, these are all just random Sir things. Curry. Like I'll hear someone ask, Sir and Curry. like I I jot it down like quickly. Uh, if you were having a plum- plumbing issue, who would you hire, Mario, Lu- Mario, or Luigi? Luigi. That's the most popular answer. Mario is probably a little too cocky with exactly. his fame. He's out there. He's busy with other stuff. Exactly yeah. right. He forgot how to plumb. Who would play you in a movie about your life? Vince Vaughn. You have a similar cadence no in how you talk. No doubt. That would work. I thought of that one. I thought about that one before. <laughs> if you were a Spice Girl, what would your name be? <laughs> Who are the Spice Girls? Huh? Who are the Spice Girls? You don't know. They were like the a, Spice they were Girls? a band, but yeah, I don't yeah, remember. Yeah, yeah. They were a girl, uh, like a girl Pop. band from, it was yeah. like Ginger Spice, Posh Gee. Spice. Posh. Well, no, you you have to come up with you like gotta, you like because each one like they were like a descriptor of themselves. Smoky but, spice. Yeah, I mean that that was <laughs> running through my head like something along those lines. That's perfect. <laughs> what would you rather hear first, good news or bad news? Bad. Yeah, only maniacs want to hear the good news first. Yeah, let's, let's get the bad news out of the way. Crunchy or creamy peanut butter? Crunchy. I haven't had crunchy in forever, and it's I'm going to so go good. buy some. I think on my way home. It's so good. I'm a big texture person, though. Texture is went with, with food. Oh, there's textures. so many foods I like the taste of, but will never eat because the I can't take the texture. And the other way, also, I I, I like certain textures in food. You know what I mean? So it's, yes, yeah, no question. All right, one more. Was the first thing you would buy if you won the Powerball? Fun, just fun things, not like oh, I'll pay off my bills, <laughs> pay off my mortgage. <laughs> Or make a million, since that's the one that's in the billions of dollars right now. I have my eye on this mountain in West Virginia. And I would probably buy that. It's a beautiful piece of land. It's like on the Potomac River. It's Oh, nice. It's like, I want to say like 1,200 acres. I'd probably buy that. It's a lot of things you could do with 1,200 acres. It's so much you can do. And I don't know if you know, but West Virginia is like an hour and 20 minutes from here. And it's like another planet. Oh, it's definitely another. What's funny is, so in Frederick, it's like a half hour from it, maybe. I I was out there yesterday at a distillery recording an episode. It's great. And when I was there, I'm like, you know what? I think this is the first time I've been in West Virginia in like a decade. It's, <laughs> so West Virginia is a wild place. They, there's counties that have no zoning. So you just do whatever the hell you as want. As long as you meet, like, they have, like, four <laughs> rules. As long as you meet the four rules, you can build whatever. Don't you can build, kill anyone. Yes. Don't. <laughs> you can build a six-story wooden skyscraper. That's Nobody gives insane. a shit. It's crazy. It's, West, I'm like, I love West Virginia. Yeah. This is awesome out here. 
So uh, coming soon, Remedy West Virginia. But <laughs> well, I don't see that. Remedy Country Club in West Virginia. Yeah. Exactly right. No, it's, <laughs> it's a beautiful place. I mean, you know, I don't, like I said earlier, I don't know if we spend our lives wanting for things or we want for experiences and relationships. Right. Yeah. I um, for some reason was served up a bunch of Instagram ads for speedboats yesterday. Oh, that's I've awesome. never wanted a boat before, but you. I started watching their reels. I so I would so I'd this buy was the fast speed- boat. Yeah, yeah, it was. Like, it's called the Reaper, and it it's like it has like Tesla sized control panel screens and like five outboard motors it on sounds it. Sounds badass. Oh, it's amazing. I've never wanted a boat, but I watched those reels. So if I wouldn't, if I were to win, I always wanted the boat that has like the living room. You know what I mean? Yeah, this has like a small cabin. Yeah, I wanted the that, nice because it's like cabin. a four, 47 foot, which means nothing it's to me. It's 47 feet? Yeah, I mean, this thing big. is huge. Yeah, it's a big ass boat. It Jesus. Has a, What's this thing cost? A million two? Uh, call for pricing. <laughs> minimum, minimum a million two. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I would probably get one of those, realize I have no idea how to drive it and then sell it. <laughs> for half. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, the best days of a boat is the day you buy it and the day you get rid of yeah. it. <laughs> All right, Mitch, thank you so much for your time it's today. It's been a pleasure, Chris. It's been uh, a great conversation, and you are always welcome here. Thank Whenever you. you're ready to do round two, episode two, we can maybe do I it here. We can do it at the we can we, do it at the Baltimore store. Uh, yeah, I think we, we should. Well, we can check back in uh, once recreation is that's a great idea. laid out, and we know what it's going to be like in Maryland. And if you also wanted, I'd be happy to bring some of my peers. Okay. So you yeah. can get some other, you know what I mean? Maybe like yeah. a grower. I'll bring a grower. I can bring yeah, a processor. that would be perfect. Yeah. That would be awesome. Definitely. And uh, thank you, everyone, for uh, listening. Cheers. Thanks again. Appreciate it. The Uncapped Podcast is produced by Graham Cullen and me, Chris Sands. Be sure to like us on Facebook. And if you've enjoyed these podcasts, please leave us a review on Google Play or the iTunes Store. A special thanks to Double Motorcycle for providing our theme music. Thanks for listening. Oh, my God. That's good.